0: time this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom i'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart they've got passion for god they're leading intercession on their schools they're set apart consecrated under god they've got a vision and a mission for their life if you have your bible i'm going to read out of genesis chapter 25 everybody say genesis everybody say Genesis. genesis 25. All right, Genesis 25, and I'll start at verse 19. And this is about two brothers. Two brothers, one of them, uh, one of their names are Jacob. Would anybody know his brother's name? Come on, somebody shout it. Esau. Okay, so two brothers, and maybe you're like, Jacob and Jesus, Jacob, and, it's okay, okay? We're gonna catch you up to speed. So there's two brothers, one of their names are Jacob, and his brother's name is? Esau. All right, so they were twins, right? Everybody, some of us are familiar with the story, Jacob and Esau. And so this is where our text picks up this morning. I'm going to start at verse 19 reading. If you don't have your Bibles, look up at the screen and we have it there for you. It says the births of Esau and Jacob twin brothers. Here we go. This is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebecca. Everybody say Rebecca. Any Rebecca's in the house? Anybody's name is Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. There's none. Okay, is she here? Okay, but you can stand in for Rebecca. Anybody um, have a sibling named Rebecca besides her? Anybody? No, no, no. I said sister. So sister, you're the only one. Okay, still you're special. Okay, anyways, Jacob was forty years. Isaac was forty years old, and he married Rebecca, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padanaram, and the sister of Laban, the Aramean. 21, Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebecca became preggers with twins. 22, but the two children struggle with each other in the womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Smart woman. Why is this happening to me? She asked. 23, and the Lord told her, The sons in your womb will become two nations. Everybody say, two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. Shocker. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. So they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Skipping down or moving on verse 27, it says, As the boys grew up... Remember, what are the boys' names? Esau and Jacob. Esau and Jacob. Jacob and Esau. Tomato, tomato. Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So mom loves Jacob. Dad loves Esau. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Any of you guys like to hunt? Anybody just love hunting? What do you hunt? Yeah, no, no, no. What do you hunt? How many of you believe that Sam moose hunts? Yep. I didn't either. Okay, who, <laughs> who? what else do y'all hunt around here? Anybody hunter? Hunt? I'm a hunter. You're a hunter? What do you hunt? I hunt uh, deer and elk. Deer and elk? What do you hunt? What do you hunt? Coach, what do you hunt? What do you hunt? Coyote. Coyote? What do you hunt? I got deer and occasionally I hunt bear. With deer and bear? Okay, so y'all eat bear here? Like, what do you do with bear? You eat it? No, really, it's a real question. I I don't know, why would you hunt bear? Okay, what's it called, like bear? Oh, you know. Okay, how many of you have ever eaten bear? Strange things taking place in Colorado. Okay, I mean, I can't talk in Louisiana. They eat squirrel and alligator and all sorts of things. So I guess you can eat your, yeah, that's how I feel about your bear. (laughs) Okay, so moving on, moving on. So Jacob, Esau was an outdoorsman and the hunter. 29, one day Jacob was cooking some stew. Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I am starving. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. Okay, 31. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn. Trade me your rights as the firstborn son. 32, look, I am dying of starvation, Esau says. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, First, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all of his rights as the firstborn to his brother, Jacob. Now when Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew, Esau ate the meal, then got up and he left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn, that same verse thirty-four in the New King James. I just want to give it to you this way. It says, "Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate, and he ate, and drank, and rose, and went his way. Then Esau despised his birthright. Everybody say, despised. despised, despised his birthright. Bow your heads real quick. We're going to pray. Father, I just thank you for the next. 15, 20 minutes or so, God, as we go through your word, I ask you that, God, you would just uh, speak to us in such a powerful way, Lord. I pray that hearts would be open to hear from you. I pray in the name of Jesus that every distraction would just fall to the ground, just silence any voice that is not your voice speaking to us even now, Lord. I thank you that these are amazing students who will not interfere with what you were trying to say to us this morning. Because they honor you so much. I give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 So this morning, I just want to talk to you guys from the title. I want to give this to you as a message title. Those of you are taking notes. Not for sale. Everybody say not for sale. not for sale. Not for sale. Okay, anybody ever been to a garage sale? Yeah. Okay most of us have been our parents or maybe some of you have ever had a garage sale right Okay, cool. So there are some things like at a garage sale. I was just kind of looking. I was looking this up, even just on the internet. And I was seeing like the most ridiculous things at a garage sale. I mean, the most inappropriate. Like nobody would buy that. Like why are you even trying to? Say, like nobody should ever just. Okay, and so I was looking, and so literally, y'all can go to the first, um, the per- first picture. This is literally an item that was at a, a garage sale. And okay, the interesting thing you can't see from the picture, but it's a used pacifier now how many of you would like to suck on a used pacifier Are your little brother or your little sister okay that's weird put your hand down okay so the overwhelming majority of us know that that's weird okay um a used pacifier that just shouldn't be at a garage sale right okay just go on to the ne- next picture um literally this was at a garage sale does anybody know what that is <laughs> a fruitcake any of your moms ever make fruitcake Okay, wouldn't it just be awesome if somebody, uh, if you went to a garage sale and it was a used fruitcake from like last year? Okay, I don't know. I wouldn't buy that. I mean, you couldn't give that to me. I mean, I would pay you not to put that in your garage sale. Okay, go on. Look, go to the next one. Okay, so like, (laughs) what is that? (laughs) Dentures. Okay, it's cute now, but when are you 70 or 80 years old, somebody tried to give you some used dentures. At a garage. That's weird, right? These things do not belong... At a garage sale. Go on. I think there's a couple more. This is literally... Okay, these are... Avia, some use like old Avia tennis shoes. And okay, they look legit, right? Okay, but listen to this. This guy wrote in. He says, man, I bought a great like new pair of Avia sneakers. Um, they were like $2. And he says, what I quickly found out is that when I walk, the right shoe squeaks as if I'm slowly torturing a mouse to death. The squeak gets louder and louder whenever the shoes... Are wet. So I wore them on a rainy day. What in the heck was I thinking? To an indoor moving cell. As I was squeaking around the patio, the seller goes, Where's that noise coming from? Must be something in one of these boxes. And then he just starts digging furiously in all the boxes looking for the mysterious noise. And I mean the guy goes on, he never tells him what this squeaking is, he just kinda eases out of the place. So so the the point is there's some things you just shouldn't sell. Like they're just ridiculous. Okay, go to the next go to the next thing that was um that, that probably should not. Okay, does anybody know who this is? No, wait. What'd you say? Wow, how'd you know that? Wait, who is he? Shh, I'm amazed here. Why do you know that? That is, did anybody know who, does anybody in this, y'all didn't even hear, y'all know? That is absolutely right. That is, well, you can probably tell me who this is. Do you know Honus Wagner, okay? And it is the rookie baseball card of Honus Wagner, obviously a baseball player, Pittsburgh, clearly. Okay, this is the crown jewel of the card uh, of the cardboard community, okay? While there are many rarer cards, none have elicited as much excitement and controversy as this little tobacco card. Production of the card was stopped quickly and only a few hundred made into circulations. Into circulation. Reason for the shortage are Wagner's possible aversion to tobacco or the fact that he wasn't being compensated. As long as there are men to argue, this disagreement will continue. The finest example of this card has been the subject of much speculation regarding condition. Is it trimmed or the origin? Even a book, even a book, the card was written about it. Once owned by Wayne Gretzky, the highest graded example has traded hands numerous times and currently tops out just shy of $3 million. Okay? Honus Wagner has been the world's most valuable baseball card for several decades and may hold the title as the most expensive baseball card for years and years to come. Would we find this at a garage sale? Would you sell this if it was your garage sale? At a garage sale. I mean, I sell it, but not a garage sale. All right. Okay. So, so our last example here, crazy things that would never just... Like somebody's family picture... If you buy pictures of people's families, you, we, you, there's something wrong, okay? Like, just, yeah, stalker, like, for sure. There's laws against that, okay? Or there should be. Right, so, so, you know, a family heirloom, you know, portrait. These things should never be for sale. Isn't that right? Would everybody agree? Yeah. Not one item on this. On this. So, so here's the deal. Some things should just never be for sale. Going back to Jacob and Esau, Jacob and Esau again. These are blood brothers. They are twin brothers. All right. Their father's name is Isaac. Isaac. Okay, cool. Isaac is the father of Jacob and Esau. Their mom's name is Yep, homegirl here, sister. All right. So, so from birth, there has been such a struggle between them okay the hebrew what the old testament was really originally written in it gives us a fuller sense because literally it means that there was a wrestling match that was going on inside of rebecca that caused her to cry out to god now rebecca's never been pregnant before I ain't never been pregnant before. None of y'all ever been pregnant before. So we don't know what it feels like, right? But Rebecca, this is her first time, right? Because she was barren. She was waiting to have kids. And so she's like pregnant. And she doesn't know what it's supposed to feel like. But she knows what it's not supposed to feel like. I mean, surely she'd seen other women. Ain't nobody doing wrestling matches, you know, like cutting cartwheels and like body slamming on the inside of any of her friends who have been pregnant, right? And so she realizes, man, there's something going on on the inside of me that is not normal. It's not natural. It's not cool. This can't be right. God, what's going on in my life? And how many of you know, Rebecca was a wise woman because some of us, as you go through seventh and eighth and ninth grade years, you don't know everything. You've never been a ninth grader before. You've never been a 10th grader before. You've never been in high school before. You are going to encounter things in your life where sometimes it's like, I don't really know how it's supposed to feel, but I mean, something's not right on the inside of my heart. Something is not right. And so this is a place that Rebecca was in. So she knew where to go. She goes to God and she begins to cry out to God. God responded by breaking it down for her. He says, hey, Rebecca, this is going on, girl. Two nations inside of you. Two nations? Two nations. All right. Jacob and Esau, and they are wrestling on the inside of you. These are twin brothers. They will wrestle. And then he begins to speak to her saying, hey, your older son is going to serve your younger son, which is like a divine reversal, right? Because normally, especially in those cultures and some still today, the older, the older son, the older child is normally the one who's in control, gets a lot of the authority and all these different things. And so he says, it's going to be a little bit backwards, Rebecca. There's something crazy going on inside of you. As you go through life, there will be, there will come some points in time where you have to realize what is going on. What's really, what's really going on, you guys. I was watching a, um, well, this week, actually, Pastor Brady, I kind of made some of the desperation pastors aware. There was a, some of you may have seen this on my Facebook. It was a national journalism uh, conference that was taking place, and this was for high school students. And this guy told, just this liberal guy is speaking, right? And so he's on the platform. You have hundreds and hundreds of high school students who are journalism in different journalism and writing clubs, right? And the guy starts talking, and then he starts going further, and he says, you know, I don't know why you guys even believe in the Bible. Don't even get me started on the Bible. And then he just goes on this total rant of just saying, you know, it's just full of lies. And the guy's a homosexual, married to a man. And he says, you know, you guys, you know, you just use your Bible to, you know, to thump it in our face. He was like, that sucks. And he just starts using all these curse words. And he's just like totally cursing God. And he's saying, you guys are so ignorant for believing. And all of a sudden you see what starts off like a trickle and it turns into a flood of high school teenagers. And this is simply what they did. They got up from their seats and they literally just walked out making a statement. And the crowd just starts cheering, not for them, but against them. Because he says, look at them. Look at the bunch of pansies. They can't even take the truth. They can't even... And he's just mocking them. And the bizarre thing about it is the whole conference was supposed to be about anti-bullying in schools. But the very thing that he's speaking against, right? And he's just bullying these Christians. But one by one, they start to get up. Then three, and then four, and then five, and they just start marching out. He says a few jokes. He makes fun of them. The crowd starts laughing. But I believe that heaven is literally applauding for them. I say that to say... At some point, you have to realize that there is a war that is going on for your soul, for your destiny for your attention how are you going to use your time how are you going to use the gifts and the talents and the abilities that god has placed on the inside of you will you be like rebecca wake up and realize that hey there is something going on god there is something that you have called me to do i need you to explain it to me lord i'm not just going to sit here and wallow and just act like i'm putting my head in the sand man there is a war that is going on for the for your soul and the souls of your friends And the enemy will not stop at anything. If he could have his way, he would kill you, destroy you, and rob you. That sounds harsh, but that's what Jesus said. Literally, Jesus wrote out the devil's mission statement for him. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come. That you, 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 every single one of you may have life and have life more abundantly. So at some point... At some point, some of you need to wake up from your life and realize that this is not abundant life. I mean, all the crazy stuff that I'm doing, if you're making poor decisions, if you're just always in trouble, if there are things that are going, if you're a hypocrite, if you're walking in pride, if you're not radically pursuing Jesus at some point, you've got to wake up, smell the coffee, and realize that there is something going on, and this is not how it's supposed to be. Jesus did not pour out all of his blood for you to just hang out. You see what I'm saying? In coast. Through life. Okay, let's make a real important point. Okay, let me just segue. Your bathroom breaks, water breaks, all those things, let's do that during the offering time or before service. Not in the middle of the message or in the middle of praise and worship. I just want to say that because some of us don't know. So let me just tell you that. Is that cool? Is that cool? Very, very good. Here's the reason why. Because just by our very movement, sometimes God can be literally speaking like pounding on the heart of someone. And by your getting up or being a distraction, you've just totally lost that folks. How many ADD people we have here in the room? Hello. Okay, I'm one of them. And so so anything is just like, oh, yeah, God was saying, oh, look at somebody. You know, it's just that easy. You see what I'm saying? We want to make it as easy as possible for you to hear what God is saying to you. Amen? Amen. If you want to cooperate with that, if you'll just help us do that, that'll be so amazing. Amen. Amen. Okay, so at some point, you got to be like Rebecca and say, God, what is going on? What's going on? You guys know I love songs. There's a song lyric for everything. So there's an old, I think it's Toby Mac song. It's just like, uh, maybe it's not Toby Mac, but it's like, what's going on inside of me? I despise my own behavior. The DC Talk, good job. Um, and then he goes, I'm still a man in need of a Savior. But I just love the lyrics because it's like... What's going on inside of me? I despise my own behavior. I mean, I don't even like whenever I misbehave. I don't even like whenever I rebel. I don't even like whenever I go days and days and days and days without spending time with the Lord. It's like I despise my own behavior. This only sounds too good for my suspicions. I'm still a man in need of a savior. And coming to that realization, I love it. That's where Rebecca was, you guys. Gosh, there's something going on inside of me. This story is not totally about Rebecca, I want to focus on I want to focus on her two twin boys these two twin guys Rebecca came to a place where she said there's got to be more to life than this what is really going on on the inside of Rebecca there were two nations that were in a continuous conflict in your own heart you guys in your own being there are two natures that are continuously in conflict okay it's called the flesh and All right. It's called the flesh and all right. The flesh and the spirit in your Bible, New Testament, Galatians chapter five. It talks about how your flesh is constantly warring against the spirit and the spirit is warring against the flesh. Two nations, two natures beating on the inside of your chest. The one you feed the most, that's the one that will win. That's the one that will overcome. Does that make sense? So Rebecca says, God, what's going on? He tells her there's two nations just in a conflict. What's the war over? What's the war over in your life, like your flesh and your soul and your spirit? What's the war over? You may ask. Oh, no big deal. Just your life. (laughs) Just the quality of your life. Just like eternity. No big deal. A few billion, billion, trillion, never ending to the nth degree years. Oh, it's that serious, you guys. War going on esau versus jacob esau versus jacob as many times as you have heard this story some of you some of us tend to simply look at jacob and the fact that he manipulated and he swindled and of course he did his whole life living up to his true name okay jacob that's what he did jacob literally means trickster means liar Okay, some of you could go by the name of Jacob, sometimes by our behavior, just lying, just lying for no reason, like lying just to lie. You know what I'm saying? That's what Jacob did. It's who he was. So Jacob, Esau's brother, Esau's brother, Jacob, Jacob, Esau, Jacob's brother, goes out. He hunts, right? And he's not hunting deer or anything. I'm not sure what he was hunting. I'm pretty sure it wasn't bear, though. And so he goes out hunting. He comes back. And in the perfect moment, he is starving, you guys. I mean. You know how it is after you've done a hard workout or you've done something, you're on the whole day without eating. So he comes in. Jacob is making some stew that smells so good. And Esau comes up to him and says, hey, can you just like give me a taste of your soup? And Jacob's like, oh, really? Um, sell me your birthright. And to us, it's like, oh, no big deal. You know, he can sell it and like maybe he can like buy it back or something. I mean, no big, what's a birthright anyways? I'm so glad you asked. Birthright was everything in Jewish culture, you guys. I mean, the birthright was literally the inheritance of the family, the right to govern and to rule all everything belonging to the father and the mother and the family goes to the firstborn. It was his birthright. In addition to that, there was a spiritual blessing that was passed on from the father to the oldest son. I mean, it was a huge, huge deal. Okay, so just to give us a kind of like an idea. So so. Esau says, you know, I mean, it's no big deal. I'll just kind of, I'll just give it to you. You see, Esau had no idea the power, the blessing that God wanted to give him, that his father had for him. Listen to this. It matters not the dreams of God for your life if you don't embrace them. It doesn't matter how big God's plans are for your life until you realize that, you know what? I was created for a purpose. I was created to do something great for my God. And I will spend all of my days passionately pursuing Jesus saying, God, what is it that you've called me to do? And once I discover it, you guys, I will be on it forever. It's the very core root of passion. It's one of our core values. It's on the board. Let's not just let it be on the board, but let it be inside of our hearts. How do you get passion? I'm so glad you asked. You find something that is worth dying for and you live for it. You find the thing that's worth dying for you guys and you live wholeheartedly for it for the rest of your life. Some of you can be, are so distracted in your lives and it's not so much that you're so evil, bad or wrong that the devil is tempting you. It's because there's a lack of purpose in your life. You don't realize that God wants to use you, that God's got something great for you to do. How much God loves you in the same boat that Esau was in. And you'll just willingly sell your birthright. So here's the deal. Heaven's plans always seem hollow until you wholly embrace them. Being a Christian is always going to seem boring and sucky and horrible to you until you actually walk it out with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, all of your being. See, as long as you do the one foot in and one foot out thing, it's going to seem boring. You're not even all the way in. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of like the song we were singing this morning, Deep Cries Out. I'm walking into deeper waters, God, calling out to you. There's a purpose behind that. So until you are wholeheartedly serving him, I mean like everything, God, take all this sin out of my life. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but until you reach a place to where you're willing to be perfected by Jesus, it's always going to seem like not real fun to you. Does that make sense, you guys? So Esau, this amazing blessing, this awesome birthright. What does he do with it? Again, the birthright was a transfer of property from one generation To the next, throughout the ancient Near East, the standard inheritance pattern was from the father to the son, okay? In Israel, each son was to receive a portion of their father's estate. That's money, that's the property, that's the whole nine, all of the belongings. And the firstborn son was accorded a double portion, okay? So he got like twice as much as anybody else in the family. It was a covenant blessing that was passed down from one generation to the next, so Hebrews 12, 16, 17 talks about the aftermath. Because everybody, is everybody trekking along in the story here? Esau's hungry. Jacob wants to give him stew. Esau it has a dangerous, I mean, he has just like this need and, and he's willing to just sell it all. And so he says, yeah, take the birthright. Just, it's fine. It's cool. But listen to Hebrews. Listen to Hebrews. Years and years and years later, the writer of Hebrews talks about Esau. It says, make sure that no one is immoral are godless like esau and guys thinking about that it's like esau didn't do that much wrong did he i mean it's not like he went out and slit throats and like you know killed people and stole what was esau's mistake it calls him godless could it be that the lord is literally saying it is absolutely godless if you don't realize the great things that I've placed on the inside of you, my plans for your life are worth more than anything on this earth. You are absolutely godless if you decide just to give that up, just to give it away. Remember the title of this message is not for sale. There's a point here. There are some things just like in a garage sale, they never should be placed on the shelf. Let me bring it home this morning. The gifts of God that are in your life, your time, Your talent, your treasures, you guys, the potential that's in you, your purity, young men, your image, your purity, young women, it should never, ever be for sale. There is no highest bidder. First Corinthians tells you that you have been bought with a price. You are not your own anyways. There is blood that has been given. You are priceless. You are valuable in God's sight. You see what I'm saying? So just as equally as ridiculous as placing a a, a $3 million, $3 million baseball trading card. That's how ridiculous it is whenever you begin to sell yourself short of the plans and the promises of God in your life. Can I get an amen? amen? And so that's much easier said than done because we will just give ourselves away. To the highest bidder. You see what I'm saying? We'll give ourselves away to depression and just kind of doing our own thing. We'll give ourselves away and walk in impurity. And we'll give ourselves away and not follow Christ. And we'll sell our time to video games our movies or everything else except that which really matters. Spending daily, consistent, quiet time with Jesus. And you'll give your talents away. And you'll do everything except for the very thing that God has called you to do, which is glorify him with all of your being. You Give yourself away to, 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 to talent and to sports and all these things. All these things are not bad, but I'm just saying, if you cannot even make time for Jesus, if you're not living passionately for him, the things that are on the inside of you, the blessings, the gifts, the call, the purpose, the destiny, it's on the shelf and you need to take it off and let the enemy know once and for all, I am not for sale. I have been bought with a high price. My language is not for sale. I don't talk like the world. My mouth is not for sale. It's already been bought. So I'll speak blessing over my friends. And I will speak honorably to my parents and those in authority. And I will bless the people around me, not curse them. It's not for sale. Does that make sense? It's not for sale. It's just not for sale. We just hear the heart of a youth pastor this morning. Even talking, even through the years of so many teenagers. And it's like, if you just take that off the shelf, nobody would try to buy it. It even not fight you so hard if you just take it off the shelf. And you go all the way in, in your relationship with God. I mean, sell out to him wholeheartedly. Not this little church thing or this, oh, I'm just kind of barely making it. I'm just going to kind of slip in the back door of heaven. Forget that. That is not passion. I don't know what that is, but that ain't passion. It's kind of like we were talking about last week. I'm a fan and fan versus follower and all those things. I'm just saying, gosh, what God has done in your life, the Jesus in you, the greatness that is in you, the intelligence that is there, the giftedness, the passion, the call. It should not be for sale because it has already been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm am preaching this morning. I pray that you are getting the truth that God is speaking because it's a life or death kind of thing. It's a real big deal, you guys. Amen? Amen. Let's kind of wrap this up. It's a band. I want you to just make your way to the stage. It's not for sale. Just move real quickly so you don't distract. Move, 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 move. Just go to the stage. Just be there. Here's the deal. Let me finish that Hebrews 12 verse, you guys. Make sure, everybody listen, listen, let's let them get to the stage. I know it's distracting. Y'all go through the back next time, okay? Y'all are awesome. Hebrews 12, 16. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with it for bitter tears. I can, y'all, I have not met one person. Everybody looking up. I've not met one person, not one. I've pastored junior high, high school and young adults for over five years now. I have not, and even adults, I have have not met one person who says, man, I wish I would have waited to like just wholly like sell out to God. I mean, like I wish I would have just waited till after junior high and after high school and after college and. Oh, man, it sucks that I started early. Not one. You want to hear what the consistent running theme is, even as I meet adults today? Oh, God, I wish somebody would have told me that in junior high. Oh, God, if I would have been taught these truths at the seventh and eighth grade level, gosh, my high school experience would have been so different. Oh, my goodness, it would look, my life would look different. My purity would look different. The way that I talk, it would look totally different. Why didn't someone love me enough? To tell me as a 6th, 7th, and 8th grader that God has an amazing plan for my life. And the things that are on the inside of me should not be for sale. That I am priceless. That I am for. That my worth is more than rubies according to Proverbs. Why didn't someone tell me? Guys, you're not going to have that excuse. The promises of God. The calling of God on your life. It's not for sale. Your purity not for sale. Get it off the shelf. I mean, your eyes, your vision, the things that you say, the things that you watch, what you devote your time to, it's not for sale. and It was never meant to be. Can I get an amen? amen. The blessing is this, though for Esau, the time is up. As long as there is breath in your body, even some things that you may have sold, how much you can get it back today through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Jeremiah 29 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Ephesians 2 and 10, for we are his workmanship. You are his workmanship. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. So if you're doing bad works, no, it's not for. Stop selling your works. Stop selling your time. It's not for sale. You were created to do good things for the glory of God. Things that are going to affect a generation. Does that make sense to you guys? This morning, I want to close. We showed you this video. And we'll close at the end of this. Can you just cue that up again? Because I want you to leave this place knowing that you're not for sale. What's in you is not for sale. Your purity is not for sale. Your time, talents, and treasures, they're just not for sale. The way that you speak is not for sale. The way that you act and talk, it's not for sale. For you have been bought with a high price. Therefore, glorify God in your physical bodies. With everything in you, would you give him the glory for everything in your life? And take it off the shelf. You guys look at this and we'll close.
1: You find me. When I'm hiding behind all my disguises, you see me. It takes you to keep me breathing. You are heart, passion vision you send me and bring me close 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 so close until when you look at me you see you you are heavenly my present and future destiny you are father creator sustainer life changer pride breaker you are the same yesterday now and forever you are pleasure worth reason present in every season you are worship devotion you are the reason for all my commotion you are the one that i pray to You can tell that I'm nothing without you so awesome that I can even pray to you, about you, to know you, to sense you, to believe you more, to love you more, to obey you more, to give you more of my heart. Oh God, search me, know me, see me, examine me, test me, watch me, investigate me, question me, be pleased with me, have me, change me, sustain me, decrease me, decrease me, decrease me. So there is no me left Only you Only you Only you are light are true, Are you, our hope, our joy, our strength, our escape, rescue, safe. You are peace. You are belief. You are advance and retreat of what, to what, to whom can I compare you? You are my all things new. You are my place of refuge, my fortress, my rest, my creativity in the strength of your words to me. You are my ability to see, hear, feel, move, live, breathe, be. You are life and death all at the same time. You are friend, believer, savior, redeemer. You are the truth. You transcend old age and youth. You are timeless, priceless, lightness in darkness, greatness, goodness, sinless. And in a mess like my life, you see righteousness. In fact, you leave me speechless. You alone.
0: He leaves us speechless this morning. His goodness leaves me speechless. Will you stand to your feet? About two minutes here. I want to give you an opportunity, you guys. I feel like the Lord is very direct, very clear. But I always like to give students an opportunity to say, you know what, God? Yes, I hear you. Jesus, many times, whenever he teaches the parables, he says, he that has an ear, let him hear. But the Spirit is saying... Gosh, every head bow, every eye closed this morning. If you know that there have been some things in your life that just need to come off the shelf. I've been selling myself short. I've been selling the good things that God has for me. I've been giving them to the world. I've been selling my speech. I've been selling my body. I've been selling my thoughts. I've been selling my time to the highest bidder. And I realized today that what is in me, it's just not for sale. I don't want to be like Esau. I want to realize the blessings of God that he has for my life. I want you to lift up your hand real quick. I want to pray for you. Lift up both hands to Jesus. Let him see it real, real high. And as a generation, I want us to repeat this prayer. Just say, God, I come to you today in this moment. And I repent in Jesus' name for selling myself short. I was created for good works in Christ Jesus. My body belongs to God. Come on, my mind belongs to you. Therefore, I give it back to you again. In the name of Jesus, what is in my heart is not for sale. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're
1: set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.